Welcome, everybody, to Cryptids Decrypted. I am your host, Ashton McCauley, and I often forget to introduce myself. Uh, I am an author with uh, interest in the weird and cryptozoology that I've had since childhood, and I've translated that into fiction and all sorts of short stories and clearly ranting on a podcast. Uh, today we're talking about mermaids, but I just wanted to take a moment at the beginning here to plug a recent book I read called Ghost in the Grass. Now, again, this isn't paid sponsorship. This is It is written by a friend of mine named M.T. Roberts, but uh, it's called A Ghost in the Grass. It is a, gosh, I don't even know how to describe it, but like sort of a horror story, sort of a thriller, a little bit of science fiction uh, set in Africa. And it is, I don't want to talk too much about it because I don't want to spoil it, but it is well with your time. It's a pretty short book, so it's an easy read. You can find it on Barnes & Noble, Amazon, anywhere books are sold. That's A Ghost in the Grass, published through Aberrant Literature. Go check it out. Now, without further ado, I say we get into Mermaids, and uh, enjoy this episode because I sure as hell did. This is a really great myth. We are back after bit of a hiatus i know we've been inconsistent and uh you know to be honest it's because the pandemic has been well it's been wreaking havoc on my mental health and uh i just i haven't been very good at scheduling so i i'm sorry but you know it's not just you ashton i finally broke down and decided to take pto which is unheard of for me um also (laughs) we're not inconsistent we are just off the rails yeah it's true we did say it's an off the rails season for an off the rails year really um it all fits the theme yeah but that's that's why episodes haven't been as consistent as they used to be except for quality quality just consistently keeps ticking up that's true the quality has been incredible this season i will say like we've had some we've had some banger myths and today we've got just another another one that came out of left field for me uh, that I, I really didn't think I was going to enjoy researching, and then I did. Today we're talking about mermaids. Look, and... you keep asking me, what are we doing next? And, I mean, I'm going to keep throwing random shit at you. Yeah, I mean, and it worked. Like, the Leprechaun episode was great, and I'm excited about this one. So, John, where did your interest in mermaids come from? Um, Man, well, that's a really good question, Ashton. Uh, when I was a boy in Bulgaria, um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that's a reference for people who follow Wall Street bets. That may be lost on somebody. But, um, you know, generally I was trying to rack my brain and think, what are some kind of unconventional cryptids? And my brain always goes back to just kind of deep ocean. There's so much territory there to cover. And this is one where I was thinking to just randomly Pirates of the Caribbean. And I think it was Stranger Tides where they present mermaids in kind of an interesting light and it's something we'll touch on a little bit where it comes from um the odyssey and how sirens and mermaids are very interlinked and intertwined um i also believe we potentially talked about another topic where i thought we would kind of combine the two but as as you kind of brought up um and i'm going to try and keep this as spoiler free because i'm really excited to talk about that topic later um, oh, we can we can we can talk about what that is. That's it's the schedule. The schedule's out and loose in the Twitterverse elsewhere. Uh, it's going to be Atlantis, and yeah. I wanted to keep I wanted to keep them separated uh, specifically because you know. The, so I, I, I'm in the middle of writing the the third book in my series, and that one goes to Atlantis, and it Spoilers. deals with it deals with mermaids and things like that. It's not, it's not a spoiler. It gets really fucking weird. I can tell you that. Does anything that comes from your brain not get weird, Ashton? That's a good point. I mean, that's, that's why we're here. That's why, (laughs) 
But, you know, I think that it, it's interesting. So mermaids, I, I know we were talking about non-mainstream cryptids, but it really is like they, they're so prevalent. Like I thought that we were going to have a hard time, especially because I, I, I ended up doing sightings. I thought that it would be tough, but there is there is a lot of information about I mermaids. Mean, it's, it's a tough thing because like it's a mainstream myth and it is prevalent through a lot of different mythologies and cultures, but it's not. It, like when you say mermaid, cryptid doesn't come to mind. You know, that's, yeah, that's no. where I come from, where it's a kind of a out of left field cryptid, because by the terminology, it is a cryptid. Yeah. And it's, you know, and, and that's where I thought, like, uh, I guess, you know, for, for most cryptids, you think, like, are there still people citing them? Do people still think they exist? Like, but I and I really thought the answer was going to be no. But the answer is yes. Like there 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 are some very recent mermaid sightings, which we'll get into. But just a little bit of background on like my, I think, introduction to mermaids and all that. God, I, I, I can't think of other than maybe like Disneyland, the submarine ride. They um so way, way, way back when. And I think probably before my time. But I remember the story. They used to have uh, live people sit out in mermaid costumes on this like horribly chlorinated lagoon in in Disneyland while the submarine ride went underneath. This was like, I think it was one of their day one attractions, but like that's that's where it stuck in my mind and that's where I first remember learning about it. So, Got it, yeah. I mean, for me, I think if we're talking first time we've ever heard of mermaids, I think a lot of people our age are going to fall down this hole, but it's Little Mermaid. I mean, it's, yeah. it's the Disney movie that was around when we were kids i think it was it 93 like i think it was in that aladdin time frame lion king time frame where lion king was like 92 um and i can google this i should have had this ready i'm in charge of pop culture um <laughs> 89 yeah, when, wow. when did the little mermaid come out 1989 okay i i didn't realize that was kind of the first because you know it's really fascinating it's before with, my time what yeah with disney movies they're like you can tell there are different eras where the animation style changes between the different eras where it's like, okay, you have the early 90s, the late 90s, mid 2000s, and then kind of the late 2000s and then like the current current day. And it's it's fascinating because I just kind of bucketed that into late 90s or sorry, early 90s, not mid, uh, late 80s. Yeah, no, same here. Like I, I just assumed that that was when we were very young kids, but that's it's, – it's, it's a year before I'm born. Uh, yeah, same here. Knows that I'm 30. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so, I mean, mermaids came around a long time before 1989. John, tell us, where where does this myth of the mermaid come from? Man, well, it depends on the culture you ask, but, I mean, roughly, this dates to paintings on walls in caves 30,000 years ago when humans began to even approach the concept of sailing. Uh, mermaids seem to have always been around and it's mermaids, mermen, merfolk, all of those types of things. Generally, you know, upper half is a human body. Lower half is a fish tail. Um, and, and they've kind of always been associated with perilous water events. So flooding, storms, shipwrecks, drownings, those types of things. Um, but you throw a dart at a timeline and there's some kind of reference to a mermaid. Uh, like I had said, 30,000 years ago, there are paintings. Um, 3200 BC, there are, are some sightings. Um, one of the earliest stories around the mermaid is 
a thousand BCE, which is, um, and I'm, I may butcher some of these, but Adargadis, which was an, um, Assyrian, an ancient Assyrian god who accidentally killed her human lover. So she turned herself into a mermaid. Um, in 500 BCE, there was a Greek dude that posturized that humans evolved from fish and merfolk are kind of that middle evolutionary stage. Uh, and, you know, some folklore believe that they're benevolent creatures. They offer boons, they offer love, those types of things. And then I just want to point out that we talk a lot about mermaids, but those are kind of the female of that that kind of race um, or that species. Mermen do coexist, but they're way less common in sightings. My guess is a lot of the, the sightings are from sailors who are just horny from being on yeah, ships for too horny long. Horny as hell. This <laughs> is a very horny myth. And, uh, and like... so like, yeah. Um, but when it comes to the mermaid, I mean, if you look at just around the, the British Isles, the Irish call them Maros. The Scottish call them Kasig. Um, the Welsh call them Murga. The Spain call them... Oh God, Sirenuka. Um, so it's like we really got you on pronunciation this time, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a fun one. Uh, but it, it's it, and then that's just kind of the the European side of it. It dates back to the Mesopotamians. You know, China has their own mythology behind it. It's it's a global thing, which is really rare for a cryptid. Typically, a cryptid is centralized in one region or another. Um, even like the Kraken was very Norwegian heavy looking back at one of the things. The Ningen was a Japanese cryptid in the Arctic. This is all around the globe and everyone has their, their different kind of thing. Now, what really popularized this was the Odyssey by Homer where they called them sirens and they were half bird, half human originally. Over time, as many cryptids do and as many myths do, that slowly evolved into half fish, half um, human. But one thing that did remain true was their enticement of men, or of men and their captivating songs that kind of intoxicated people to jump up off their ships and swim over. Um, that was in Percy Jackson and the Olympians. I remember there are plenty of myths of they had to tie themselves to the sh- uh, sails of, or the masts of the ships. So they wouldn't sail off or jump off the boat when they were going through these siren-infested waters. Um, and that was really what popularized it in the West, alongside Hans Christian Andersen's telling of The Little Mermaid, which did end up becoming um, the Disney rendition. Now, we're going to touch on kind of some of the differences when we get to uh, pop culture, but mermaids all throughout history which is just again something that we don't really see with cryptids um just kind of fascinating and the last thing i want to say is um mermaids are going to be my uh soon to be born daughter's nursery theme so it is something near and dear and i hung up way too many decorations earlier today around mermaids i didn't realize that it was going to be so relevant in your daily life (laughs) it's my wife's favorite disney movie so when she found out we were having a little girl, she was like, you got to pick the other one, little boy. His theme is Calvin and Hobbes, which is near and dear to my heart. And she got to pick the little mermaid. So, you know, give and take, push it a pull. Yeah. And you can, when, you know, when she gets older, you can tell her then this, this is about cryptozoology. 
Oh yeah. None, none of that little mermaid shit. This is this is serious science right here. <laughs> Love it. Oh, the last thing. Sorry, I missed one note. Um, the Norman Chapel in Durham Castle in Durham, England, uh, is the earliest surviving depiction of the mermaid in England specifically. Uh, for Great Britain, mermaids are unlucky omens. They foretell disaster, and sometimes they cause said disaster. And then, this is kind of a creepy thing, but some legends say mermaids can swim up fresh freshwater streams and rivers and then parade around the lakes like they're drowning people and then just kill people who try and help them. Oh, wow. I like that one. That's, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. It, I don't know if you ever swam in lakes as a kid and you had older brothers who maybe told you that, you know, sharks swim up rivers and are just in freshwater lakes and fuck with you when you were a kid. But uh, it's, you know, reminds me kind of of that. <laughs> You know, I didn't have any uh, older brothers, but I did have uh, clinical anxiety, so that that tended to do the trick for me. Uh, any any open body of water in my mind was just suddenly like, well, what could possibly be in there? I bet it's I bet it's something terrible. Uh, oh, of course. Weirdly, like the movie Cocoon scared me as a child because I was like, okay, I can't go to swimming pools because those little pods might be down there. Uh, <laughs> there it God. That's an interesting one, man. Yeah, you know it's. Especially because the movie Cocoon is, like, they're friendly. Nice aliens in Cocoon. You want to go into the cocoons, you get younger. Um, But, anyway, back to mermaids. You know, you were talking about it being a global myth. And as well as the freshwater thing, that comes up too. But I was, I was, once again, I was just shocked by the, when I was looking up sightings, that they really do come from, all over the place. Yeah, why don't you run us through it? Yeah, so these are these are is by no means an exhaustive list, but this is the these these are some of the ones I found the most interesting. So, 1493, Christopher Columbus, uh, kind of a dick, but we got to talk about him anyway. So this is a it's more of a funny story than anything else, where he was near the Dominican Republic uh, on his way of uh, his, you know, conquest and all sorts of terrible shit. But anyways, he saw these uh, creatures in the water. He said he saw three mermaids, and he described them as not half as beautiful as they are painted. Uh, <laughs> I did see that. That cracked me up. <laughs> it's just like, oh, he's, he's just sitting there nagging mermaids because uh, he's been at sea for so long. But then it was later theorized that he was actually probably seeing stellar sea cows, which are uh, an extinct cousin of the manatee that were overfished, which I get, I, you know, I don't see manatees and think like, I, I want to eat that. Doesn't look like, doesn't look like good eating to me. Yeah, but, but like, what about, I don't know, maybe maybe their, their fat was used for some kind of fuel or candles oh, or something. Like, it's not just food. You gotta remember, it. there's other utility to fishing and hunting and like you know elephants those you know the ivory on elephants tusks we use that for so much trophies um asshole watches um yeah. terrible mm-hmm. people belts uh know. decorating a dentist's office uh, <laughs> or what was that what did they pose with was that a tiger can't remember it's been a while there was that one dentist that was a big, oh i was uh, thinking i think that was a tiger i was thinking of the guy from jimmy john's oh yeah yeah that guy God, fuck that guy too. And they make good sandwiches. Unfortunate. Yeah, but they're, I mean, they make, look, it's like in and out They make a good $5 sandwich, but at the end of the day, it's still a $5 sandwich. I would rather pay the extra $3 and go to like Jersey Mike's, Potbelly, um, Monkey Subs, like any of those other places that like, 
I'll pay, you know, just a few bucks more to get a, like a premium sandwich. And that's how I feel about In-N-Out. Like everybody raves about In-N-Out. I'm like, you know, it's a good $3 burger. Yeah, this is, this is, this is a bad time to for me to bring up our new sponsors, uh, Jimmy John's and In-N-Out. Uh, hey, if they want to give me money, I'll take it. <laughs> well, we'll cut, we'll just cut that out later, guys. Don't worry about it. Uh, so Christopher Columbus, guy likes to neg mermaids. Uh, turns out probably just some manatees. Not, not that interesting. Moving right along to uh, another colonialist, uh, Captain John Smith of Jamestown. He saw a mermaid swimming about with all possible grace, and he pictured <clears throat> he he uh, pictured her, and I, I assume that means he he drew her. They said he pictured her uh, as having large eyes, uh, quote unquote, finely shaped nose. You know, beautiful people things. And then she also had long green hair that was, quote unquote, by no means unattractive. So again, a uh, very horny myth. And he began to feel love toward the creature until he came to the realization that it was a fish from the waist down. So as soon as he figured out he couldn't fuck it, he wasn't interested. That's uh, always been and- the fascinating thing to me about mermaids is like they're all dolled up and sexy, but it's like, you know, they lay eggs and like, like it just the concept of like, you can't. Oh, don't worry, man. We'll talk about that because there's a fantastic movie uh, called The Lighthouse that gets into exactly how that works. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, that was, that was one of the weirder parts of an already weird movie. <laughs> Moving right along to my, I think one of my favorites, but also like, you know, these, these are shorter because they're, they're older and they just didn't have as much, uh, like they didn't record things as well. But in the 1800s, we have P.T. Barnum and, and P.T. Barnum is, I, I'm a big fan and not not as in like I admire the way he did things. It's just I'm a big fan of the whole aesthetic, and he's really the embodiment of where United States cryptids come from, which is making a buck. And one of the most famous ways that he made a buck, and like one of the biggest attractions in his in his circuses and other ventures, was the Fiji mermaid. And this is a sideshow that people would pay. 50 cents to see it at the time, which is around $10 now. Hang on. Is this the same guy who did the, um, oh God, it was our last cryptid royale. It was one of those two and people like quickly disproved it. Oh, uh, I mean, was he the same guy or was that a different guy? This, so that, I think that was a different guy because we did that was hodags, jackalopes, and it was a ho it was a hodag that people quickly disproved because it was like in a circus in dark. Oh lighting. yeah, no, no, that's right. Those were the guys who made the puppet. That was not P.T. Barnum, okay. but it's very P.T. Barnum-esque. Um, at least I'm pretty sure it wasn't P.T. Barnum. That's just like a name, P.T. Barnum, that I feel like it keeps coming back. Yeah, well, so, and I mean, like, that's because he is. He's the embodiment of where a lot of American cryptozoology came from. And and not, like, the science and the study of it, but, like, a lot of these cryptids came from people trying to make a buck. Uh, the Hodag, the Jackalope, and the Fiji Mermaid. And so this people would pay 50 cents to go see this, and... They were all hoping to see like hot mermaids that all the sailors were talking about. And when they went in there, they were in for a shock because what the Fiji mermaid is, is pretty small in stature. It kind of looks like a, like a, like a pygmy of a pygmy, uh, with a fishtail. So it had the tail of fish and it looked like kind of like the body of like a, a small human with claws and sharp teeth. And that's actually because the, it was constructed the top half was made from a spider monkey and the back half was made from a fish and it was literally just sewn together and it's just like a desiccated monkey body sewn to the back half of a fish posed to like menacing put in a glass case and then charged jesus christ 
Yeah, and so these are still displayed in uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not museums today. And you, you can still buy them uh, places. Like, people still make them because bad taxidermy, very popular. You can uh, buy them? I could go on the internet and buy a Fiji oh man, mermaid. You, you best believe I went on Etsy last night and tried to see, like, what sort of bad taxidermied Fiji mermaids I could find. And let me just tell you, like, gross. There's, there's a lot. There's actually bad shit. Oh, my God. Yeah, and, and let's just say... That my fiance said that she might not be my fiance if uh, I decided I wanted to put that in our house somewhere, and I respect that opinion. Hey, no, fully justified. <laughs> yes, fully justified. Um, but it's funny because uh, my my editor Jason, who was on our last episode, actually got me a small Fiji mermaid statue for Christmas because he knows how much I love this type of shit. Like this is my bread and butter, and I love I just love this idea of a really stupid myth gaining traction and becoming a big thing. But I grew up, I saw Fiji mermaids all the time in Ripley's Believe It or Not, because there was one on the Oregon coast, and that's one of my favorite places to go as a kid. Hold up, where is there a Ripley's Believe It or Not? Do you know which which city in the Oregon coast? Yeah, man, Newport. Oh, the New, okay. Don't worry, we'll talk more about Newport in a minute. It comes up. No, sh- okay. So, as, as I think our viewers know, I live in Oregon, so anytime Oregon pops up in a cryptid yep. story, and that's I'm, where I was. That's it. where I was born. I was born in Portland, so... Uh, yeah. Okay. So moving on, let's let's jump ahead to the the semi modern day, nineteen forty three, the K Islands. Uh, World War Two Japanese soldiers are stationed here, and it's like a five hundred square mile area of islands, and they end up getting familiar with the local villagers who tell them stories about the orang ikan or manfish. Uh, these creatures were described as five feet long. They had salmon colored skin spikes everywhere the mouth of a carp long arms and occasionally they would have uh like frog legs uh or a tail depending on who you ask um and then they had talons and these were specifically thought to be amphibious because a lot of the sightings were not contained of water and some were coming up on land and a lot of times they'd find them in inland lagoons or other places that didn't really have like water access to the ocean so the sighting comes when one day these soldiers are going into the interior of an island and they, they come upon a lagoon. Everything's normal, some nice lagoon, some nice lagoon soldiering, and then bam, the water starts churning, and this fish frogman jumps out and lands on a nearby rock. Man, this is like the intro to a B-level fucking horror movie where it's the soldiers and it's all, it's like the subtitles are like Japanese screaming. Like it's okay. Yeah, I know, right? This is, I, I'm, I'm going to put this in, uh, I'll put this in writing at some point. Uh, so this creature jumps up on the rocks, lets out what they describe as an unfriendly gurgle burp. <laughs> and then, and, which I love that term, unfriendly gurgle burp. And another creature uh, starts moving through the water toward them at high speed. So they see the ripples and they're fucking soldiers. So what do they do? They start shooting at the rocks in the water uh, like good soldiers do. And the creatures disappear from view and they don't hit shit. Uh, and, and, you know, and they're just gone. The creatures, uh, there's several more sightings where they're just hanging around in lagoons and beaches. Some were uh, described as doing the breaststroke, similar to how a human would swim. Kind of consistent with amphibian, I guess, but... I don't think, like, butterfly would probably be how a mermaid would swim, right? Yeah, I mean, they're definitely not doing dog paddle. Tell you that. <laughs> But there's another incident with a Japanese soldier, same islands. This guy sitting, taking a rest, 
from the hot sun because he's been soldiering all day. I know this shows you how much I know about what World War II soldiers would be doing in these islands. They were soldiering. And he's sitting by a lagoon. He closes his eyes and he's you know pouring water on his face. Very relaxing. And when he opens them, there's a creature on land staring right back at him. And of course, he pulls out his pistol and unloads it at the creature and hits nothing but air. Uh, you may be noticing a theme here. <laughs> Nobody seems to hit these things. Like uh, stormtroopers. Yeah. Well, it, so apparently they're very fast and can practically dodge bullets. Uh, so, you know, maybe maybe not the soldier's file. So we get to this guy named Taro Hariba, who was the sergeant of the surveillance team that was stationed in the islands and had a standing order to try and recover evidence of the creatures after so many sightings. At one point, local villagers brought him to see a body of one creature that had washed up on the beach. When he got there, what he saw matched earlier descriptions of a person about five feet in length, covered in spines, uh, strange algae growing all over the body, and like, like other cryptids, the body was said to smell horrific. Now, I think that uh, dead bodies left in the sun, hot islands, probably would smell horrific, but they specifically called it out, and we just we know there are stinky cryptids. That's something that's come up multiple times. Had full-length uh, brown hair, not, not green this time, not blonde, which comes up later, uh, webbed fingers and toes, and uh, honestly, to me, sounds like a drowned person. Because when you, I've read this before, that when you find a drowned person, it can sometimes look like they have uh, webbed fingers and toes because of the way the water interacts with your skin. Kind of, kind of gross, but well, I mean, as as your skin starts decomposing, I mean, it stands to reason that it kind of, I don't know, bleeds for lack of a better term. And yeah, I could see how that would lead to webbed fingers and toes. Yep. So Hariba takes his findings back to Japan and urges them to investigate, but was laughed at and ridiculed. Mostly because he didn't take any pictures or bring back any hard evidence. And, uh, you know, so his career kind of ended there. Which, again, another theme in cryptozoology. Lots of cryptozoologists, their career ends when they start getting openly into cryptozoology. Moving uh, further ahead, we get to 1967, British Columbia, Canada. Summer of love, baby. Yeah, summer, summer of love, and let me tell you, uh, I had I had no idea that there was hot mermaids about as well. So a bunch of people on uh, ferries, uh, I forget which island this is on, one of the islands off of British Columbia, they spot a topless woman hanging out near the water, and she's just housing a coho salmon raw. Like, really, really tucking in. And long blonde hair, very stereotypical mermaid, has the... Um, has the whole, like, tail going on. And, you know, they're like, oh, this shit, a mermaid. So that, that starts spreading around. The next day, another mermaid is sighted on a part of Main Island. That's the name of the island. Basking in the wake of a ferry. Again, like, it's so really centered around these ferries. And, you know, like, uh, this is Canada, but, like, like uh, American cryptids, <laughs> next came the money. Uh, specifically, a $25,000 reward. So this is paid by the Undersea Gardens, which is where Newport comes in, which, John, have you, you've been to Newport, right? No, actually, I haven't. That's one of the okay. places that's on our list. Okay, so it's, uh, it's, it's unfortunately been demolished now as of uh, 2019. Newport, actually, funnily enough, for our listeners, like the Oregon coast is ridiculous because there's like so many small towns and it's just it's hard to hit everyone it's like seaside and Cannon beach are two very well-known destinations in oregon and they're like 10 minutes from each other 
And then you go south and you've got Newport's Rock. not that far off of Cannon Beach either. It's no, like it's uh, not. 45 it's, minutes. Yeah, it's just south. Yeah, and the Newport's where Free Willy came from. That's, that's literally where that, that whale was uh, at the at the aquarium in uh, in Newport. And then they released it and it died. So, womp, you know, sad, sad day for my childhood. <clears throat> so anyways, the Undersea Gardens, they say they're going to pay this $25,000 reward. And what the Undersea Gardens were, were these sort of like white half submersible half boat and you would walk in and go down into the boat and there was actually an enclosed aquarium on the boat so it would look like you were looking out into the water but you were actually just looking out into another aquarium uh very popular franchise they ended up putting one in vancouver bc they had one in newport bay oregon they had one in seattle and there was one somewhere else and the one in newport bay oregon the reason i mention it so much is because it's right next to ripley's believe it or not and the waxworks which is actually the that trifecta right there is where my first interest in the bizarre and like cryptozoology came from because they have a lot of that shit in there, including the Fiji mermaid and stuff about Bigfoot. So, are there still undersea gardens in Seattle and Vancouver? Or did the franchise no. as a whole go kaput? Ripley's was, or uh, sorry, uh, Newport was the last one, and that went dead in 2019. And the I forget when it was taken out. I think it was. Gosh, I can't remember when it was taken out of BC, but it was much earlier. But anyways, so they offer this $25,000 reward because they think it's going to be really good business for them. The story actually quickly died because, well, it was about a mermaid and the reward, even relative to cryptozoology, was just not that much. And so this story dies in 1967. In comes the Times colonist in 2016 to find the source of the legend, which uh, is a woman named Alred. So Alred is a local who was convinced to put on a mermaid costume because it would help promote a fishing derby. So this person puts her in a dangerous mermaid costume, or to come on why, uh, trucks her out onto Main Island, gave her a salmon that they had already taken a chunk out of it, said, wait for some fairies, and act like a mermaid. Apparently, so she does this, and she's, you know, pretending to eat the salmon, whatever. The backwash from the fairies almost pulled her into the water, and the suit ironically made it very difficult to swim, so she nearly died. And But she kept this secret for a long time, and I, I think most of probably just because nobody asked, like, hey, were you the person that dressed up as a mermaid? Until, until these people did. But this is all perpetrated by a guy named Andy Lord, who is just... Some, Dude, you knew she was guy. waiting for years for somebody to ask her that, too. I know. like, Or, or like, you know, maybe she just thought it wasn't that big of a deal. But, like, it, it's just funny because that's... So, the main island mermaid, people still bring that up as, like, like, oh, yeah, that was real. No, no, it wasn't. Uh, at least according to this. Come on right along. 1998 Hawaii. Now, I've actually... I've. I reached out by email to the source of this myth because I really want to talk to them, but we'll see. So a diver is 20 minutes off the coast of Kauai when some dolphins start following and playing in the wake of the boat. He's got a bunch of tourists in back. They're going out for a dive trip. This is actually pretty common. Everyone is enjoying it because, you know, dolphins. And then people start shouting because there appears to be a nude woman swimming with the dolphins and even keeping pace with them. So it's a very fast, very nude woman. Again, bunch of bunch of horny tourists. Mermaid. The woman jumped in the air, revealing that she had the uh, lower half of a fish, and everybody promptly lost interest. No, I'm just kidding. But they, uh, the, <laughs> the boat had 10 people on it, and all said they witnessed the mermaid, but after two jumps, she disappeared. An hour later, they arrive at their dive site, and, you know, because 
This is like, well, we're, we're here to dive, whatever, fucking mermaid. Nah, we've seen it all. They they go down, and the dive master and the head of the diving company is a guy named Jeff Liker. So he went down, and he said something shot past him at incredible speed. But luckily, he was able to snap a bunch of photos and managed to capture a blurry silhouetted image of the mermaid right before she surfaced. And I will send you a copy of this picture to put on our Instagram later. But it is, um, I don't know. Like, it looks like a mermaid, but it also looks fake as shit. Uh, but they then this photo do. this photo was then vetted by the Weekly World News as completely genuine. And if you don't know what the Weekly World News is, it is a tabloid that used to exist. Uh, they founded rumors such as Bat Boy and ran with that for a really long time. It was featured in So I Married an Axe Murderer with Mike Myers. Uh, it was, uh, it's it's a wild paper. So this story is still up and well-publicized on Jack's Diving Locker, which is where I found it. It's the website, and it's the company that still guides divers in Hawaii to this day. And, you know, I've sent him an email because I would love to ask Jeff about his mermaid story and see, I don't know, like how he feels about it today and if if he's still like 100% that it was a mermaid. Um, And, you know, like, who knows? And and moving right along because, look, I'm going to spend, I've spent a lot of time on these, but these stories are fucking wild and I love them. So I'm sorry. It's a long episode. Your podcast, man. Israel. Uh, I'm going to butcher this name. Kiryat, Kiryat Yam is a coastal town in Israel and has been rumored to be home to mermaids for a long time. But it wasn't until 2009 that they got some real notoriety. They built this sea promenade and, you know, shortly after people started walking on it, there was this rash of mermaid sightings. And because, uh, you know, suddenly they're close to the ocean. They can see these things. People say it looked like a young girl, did sweet kickflip tricks, and was definitely not a dolphin. So maybe, I mean, maybe a little exaggeration, but it apparently did sweet tricks. That's what they said. The Meryl... She did kickflip tricks? So she was on a skateboard in the ocean? You know, I, I think that there was a lot of kicking and flipping. Kickflip tricks. No ollies? No grinding? No, you know, it doesn't say anything about that. Uh, the Mr. Tony Hawk hasn't gone over there yet to investigate, so I can't say... I mean, I can't even say if they were sweet kickflips without his opinion, to be honest. Damn, we gotta send him over there, get the answer on that. I know. Well, so I mean, they sent people. People were sent, but uh, so the mayor and I'm going to butcher his name. Uh, Shmuel, God, Shmuel Sesso offered a one million dollar prize. That's what we're. That's what we're talking about, Canada. Uh, for anyone who could supply unshakable proof of the mermaid's existence. Side note: I went and indexed the Canada thing for inflation. It was about two hundred thousand uh, dollars equivalent. So again. Uh, Canada, you gotta up your rewards here, especially when the stakes are pretty goddamn low that you're gonna have to pay out. Was it also two hundred thousand Canadian? Oh man, yeah, and that was back when uh, you know the dollar was much stronger than it is today. So that was it used to be like two to one. Yeah, you, I mean, yeah. Okay. Now it's not. So that prize gets NBC interested, and they show up to film Destination Truth. This one uh, appears on the same episode as Ghosts of the Great Wall. Uh, I have not watched it. I really want to. I just couldn't find time to stream it before this. But Destination Truth, wild show, dumb myths. They filmed above and below the water for a few days, saw a humanoid figure slipping out of the water, tried to follow it, but lost track. The footage was never verified, and they did not get their $1 million prize. And to this day, no one has. You know, that was that. And then the last one I have, I should also note that there there was a Discovery Channel documentary at some point that was like mermaids lost truth where it was actually fake like it was 
it was a dramatization that was made to look like a documentary but wasn't. I'm not going to talk about it because I uh, got my hopes up. 2012, Zimbabwe. This is my last one. Locals were trying to install pumps in a dam for key irrigation infrastructure when reports of mermaids started to come in. And this is, I, I didn't know this, but Zimbabwe, despite being landlocked, has a very strong mermaid culture, with the creatures being blamed for kidnapping, torture, and all sorts of heinous shit. Some even consider them to be a demonic force, but that could again be because religion is big business in Zimbabwe. So the idea of finding another thing to pin the devil on is very appealing. So it helps that mermaids are embedded in folklore, so you combine that with religion, and that is some powerful chemistry to create, you know, belief in a myth. But back to this specific sighting, the local workers kept going down to work on these pumps in the dam, and then they would leave and refuse to come back, um saying that the pumps were plagued by mermaids. And now this part, the manager of the project, quote-unquote, called in some whites, thinking that our boys did not want to work, but they also returned saying they would not go to return to work there again. Nothing like some good old-fashioned racism to balance out a myth here. So they were like, ah, you know what, it's this, this, this local bullshit. So let's send some white people in there, and then they were also scared of mermaids and left. The problem was only solved when they did a traditional ritual where cattle were slaughtered and beer was brewed because this is meant to appease water spirits. And Brewing beer, huh? Yeah. Beer, beer and cattle sacrifice. Look, I uh, love a beer and a steak as much as the next guy. I was going to say, it sounds like, sounds like a, that's, that's like an American mermaid right there. That's what it wants. But so while most Zimbabweans are uh, skeptical of mermaids i guess they actually they have done polls on this and most zimbabweans are skeptical of mermaids there are still pockets where the belief is held strong and so just another quick aside from zimbabwe there's been there was actually a lot of mermaid sightings there but there was a man who claimed he was taken by mermaids and actually taught to become a traditional healer before then being released he was taught by them for two fucking years Two years this man was held by mermaids, and then he was taught to be a healer. Doesn't sound very malevolent to me. Uh, the Sounds man like himself, aliens masquerading as mermaids. <sighs> Dude, I'm sure, I'm sure the Discovery Channel has something on that, or the History Channel. But here's, here's his direct quote, and this is what I'm going to end with. It's, it's a longish quote, but he said, A mermaid is a very mysterious creature. You can't really say what complexion it is, what color it is. It can be like a white person or an Arab but one distinguishing factor is that they have long hair. Very, very long hair. It is meters long. Once they take you there, I assume he's talking about balloon, you live like them. You wear something that does not show your feet. You eat what they eat. You eat fish, rice, chicken only. On the first day, you're taken into the water. You're given millet or sorghum meal and two silver fish. The fish will be rotten, but you are told to eat them. If you show any sign of disgust, the mermaids won't be happy with your ancestors and you could be killed. I'm sorry. Chicken? Yep. How? That, my, my, my brain can't compute that. Like, that's not a natural occurring organism for a mermaid that lives you know, underwater. Chicken of the sea, that's what it is. That's, chicken of the sea, it's That's tuna. not real he fish. Might, he must have meant tuna. The chicken doesn't add up here. And also, how is he breathing? I, you know, honestly, I, I don't know. But again, he studied with those mermaids for two years. He learned a lot of shit. Um... And then the last thing I have, and we'll go into pop culture, which I know there's a lot of that too. Possible explanations. So we have dugongs or manatees, which most sightings are made of a creature that's half submerged, which makes it difficult to identify. If you're far away and squints, 
you could I could definitely see thinking a dugong was a manatee add in the fact that you're a horny sailor and sure the the cool cryptozoology explanation that i really like is that these are basically bigfoot of the sea uh the theory being that apes uh diverged at some point evolutionarily and some took to the water developing webbed features gills whatever and you know it's it's widely discredited as bat shit but i kind of like it also because it's not like creationist, which is where a lot of cryptozoology theories go. So I appreciate that they uh, they brought in evolution. And lastly, there's a temple in Fukuoka, Japan, which is said to house the remains of a mermaid that washed ashore in 1222. Its bones were preserved at the behest of a priest who believed the creature had come from the legendary palace of a dragon god at the bottom of the ocean. For nearly 800 years, the bones have been displayed and water used to soak them is said to prevent diseases. Only a few of the bones remain, and since they have not been scientifically tested, their true nature remains unknown. This one smells a lot like the Yeti scalp that they had at the Tibetan monastery that when scientists finally let them, uh, or convinced them to let them test it, turns out it was an antelope. Uh, so, that's what I got. Uh, holy shit, I love this myth. Tell me tell me about the pop culture. Obviously, we, we go back to Homer... And the Odyssey, that's where Sirens kind of popularized the whole thing. And then the second thing is Hans Christian Andersen, um, as most Disney stories are based on, this comes from him. He originally wrote The Little Mermaid, which is really fucking dark. Um, She has her tongue cut out. She's spurned. Um, She ends up stabbing the prince to death, and then she turns into sea foam. Um, And she just kind of drifts around for the rest of her life. Or for actually forever, because she's just sea foam. Um, but besides that, mermaids are weirdly prevalent through like all of pop culture. And some are more featured. Some are very brief glances here and there. But like Goosebumps had a book where a kid befriends a mermaid. Um, Harry Potter, Goblet of Fire. A mermaid helps him in the second trial. And in Fantastic Beasts, we find... That there are apparently three races of mermaids, and it's funny because they actually tie into what we talked about, how each of the different countries around the British Isles call them something different. Um, when we come to movies, The Mermaid was the, sorry, the movie is called The Mermaid, and it was a silent film, four minutes long, back in 1904. Uh, Annette Kellerman starred in a handful of movies based on mermaids starting in 1911, Siren of the Sea, Neptune's Daughter, Daughter of the Gods, Queen of the Sea, Venus of the South Seas. Um, I have obviously not seen them because they are old as hell. Uh, Hook, one of my favorite Robin Williams movies, has mermaids in it when Hook is, or when Robin Williams is dropped, Peter Pan, into the water initially. Um, Sabrina Down Under, the old Sabrina show, not the new um show that was good for two seasons and then jumped the shark on netflix um was about sabrina going to australia and protecting a hidden mermaid colony pirates of the caribbean 4 on stranger tides had a whole set piece set around mermaids on an island Um, that was actually the best part of that movie in my opinion it was and i was really impressed on how they portrayed the mermaids i enjoyed I honestly, I enjoyed the hell out of that movie. It was out of left field. I knew it was going to be just entertaining, but not great. But it was still fun. I like the next one actually a lot better. Uh, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Yeah, that's but... the latest one, right? Well, that's them trying to reboot the series and bringing back everybody. 
Yeah, yeah, I really I did enjoy that one. I mean, it's a shame now that uh, whew, that that series is gonna be in trouble. Uh, but why? Because of Johnny Depp? Yeah, yeah, he's out. And now, but I mean, actually, I take it back because they're doing a they're doing an all female version of it with Margot Robbie at the helm. Which hell yeah, like. Margot Robbie is going to be a great fucking pirate. Are they going to reboot everything and not have Orlando Bloom and... Yep. The woman who was yep. in it? Yep. Okay. Kara Knightley. Oh, that's right. Yeah. No, yeah, they're... I think they're... You know, Johnny Depp's been dropped. Okay, well, getting back to this, and we'll we'll kind of probably end on this ep- end the episode on this, but The Lighthouse is all about a dude wanting to fuck a mermaid. Oh, yeah, it is. Um, Onward has mermaids in it, which isn't too surprising since that is all around, like, fantasy and all that kind of stuff um in the you know arabian nights slash 1001 nights several of those tales feature mer people or sea people or something along those lines um switching gears into video games like there's a boston cuphead that is entirely designed around a mermaid um mega man 9 has a robot master that is splash woman that is a mermaid fun fact she's the only female robot master in all 11 games um, and then kind of the last thing, which may surprise people, may not, the Starbucks logo is of a mermaid. Yeah, I always forget about that. Yeah. But that's, yeah, that's one that's like in plain sight. Yeah, that is a mermaid. And uh, I mean, that's just the major thing is those are kind of a snapshot because I didn't want to spend two hours talking about every little thing. But mermaids, very prevalent through pop culture, um, very easy to adapt. You can go a number of different ways with them, as we have seen. Uh, they can be good. They can be bad. They can be just kind of a set piece. They can be eye candy. It's really whatever the author or creator wants to do with them. Um, it can be done. I wanted to talk a little bit about the the lighthouse, which I thought was like okay, a a a weird movie that if you're into Willem Dafoe or n- need like convincing that Robert Pattinson is amazing, you shouldn't need go- convincing by now. Yeah, you shouldn't need convincing, but go watch The Lighthouse and you will, you will understand. I have to admit, I have not seen The Lighthouse. I've heard good things. I know James, or sorry, I have not seen The Lighthouse. I have to admit, I know Jason did do an episode on it. That is something that I would love to go back. And if you enjoyed our last episode around Tremors, um, go check out Jason's podcast, which is called Esoterica Cinema. And yeah, their episode on The Lighthouse is great, but... Let's just say the lighthouse gets very much so into the anatomy of mermaids and how it would work. And, uh, oh, you know, I guess Shape of Water is another one that we forgot to mention. That is that is a reverse where it's a, it's a merman. And that's a that movie's pretty horny as well. And they, they show how it would work. But I think he has legs. And then lastly, I wanted to mention, if you're fans of the Great British Baking Show, like I am... Uh, Noel, one of the hosts, once played a mermaid in a sketch comedy show called The Mighty Boosh. If you've ever heard of a sketch called Old Greg, it's got a scaly manfish in it, and uh, it's another weird time that I think you'll really enjoy. <laughs> All this being said, John, mermaids, real, bullshit, in between, where, where, where are you landing? Bullshit, there's no reason for these things to exist. There's no evolutionary track to get us here. Why would they have the upper body of a human that indicates they have the same... Well, some of them have gills, Yeah, yeah, but but I stand by, like, why would would they have the same, like, limbs? Why would they have what we have? Like, that would indicate that their organs are very similar and all of those types of things. Like, it just, it doesn't... Yeah, I kind of feel like it hinges on you believing in some form of magic, kind of similar to leprechauns, but... 
Like, I always think about, like, <laughs> if you had mermaids the way they're pictured in the, the Little Mermaid, like, they would get et by sharks, okay? Sharks would fuck up a mermaid if it existed in the ocean, because they just, they wouldn't be fast enough. Wouldn't yeah, there is that, enough. too. Like, the natural predators would just eviscerate them. Yeah, so maybe they, maybe they did exist, but they were eviscerated by natural predators, but yeah, I... I just don't see why they would exist, though. How do you evolutionary evolutionarily get there? Like, that's my yeah. thing, is how do you have a human upper body and a fishtail underneath it it doesn't make sense and the the best piece of evidence we have uh for it right like if we were really considering it the best piece of evidence we have is from that israel mermaid in 2009 but uh i i haven't seen anything convincing and just like with the amount it's commercialized yeah I, i i'm gonna go ahead and say fake but you know, when the pandemic's over, and actually, <laughs> technically, you could go here right now because it's in Florida. Uh, if you uh, if you do want to see mermaids and, and like on a reliable basis, you want to be able to sight mermaids. Lake Wiki or Wikiwachi Spring State Park. They literally they train people to swim around in mermaid costumes, and there's like a viewing area, and there's an underwater show, and I think that's I think that's the closest you're gonna get. Yeah, that's actually, that's a really interesting, like, Florida roadside attraction if you ever want to look it up. like Why am I not surprised it's in Florida? Well, Florida's the king of roadside attractions and just, like, weird, weird shit because Disney brings a bunch of tourists in and there's a bunch of roads leading to Disney, so there's just a bunch of weird stuff along the roads leading to Disney. That makes sense. I mean, if you're on the East Coast, you're probably not flying. You're probably driving. Yeah, and like, and even when you're flying in, like getting from the airport to Disney, you know, it's not a straight shot. You got to pass by like a bunch of other shit on the way there. Yeah, I've never, I've never been to Orlando, so it's like it's one of those things where I just. Yeah, I've only been once as an adult, and let me tell you, there's just there's a lot of there's a lot of weird stuff there. But yeah, I mean, that's it for this episode. I think uh, I, man, what a, what a myth, what what a what a myth that we got here. And uh, I'm excited to kind of like, so the last, the last three episodes of this season are going to kind of be trending together because up next we have Atlantis, which is not a cryptid, but I think in some versions of the myth does house cryptids. So we'll see that. Well, cause there's, there's a lot of different ways to talk about Atlantis. And then lastly, we're going to end on the Bermuda triangle because again, cryptids there and selfishly. Again, because all three are going to be featured in my third book, this is an easy way for me to get off some research. Let us know what you think of this one. John, thanks for suggesting it. It was it was great. I really enjoyed this research, and I hope our listeners did too. Hell yeah, man. Thanks for recording it, and uh, looking forward to the next one. Look, that's, uh, that's all we got for today. Uh, that is seriously one of my favorite episodes we've ever recorded. I'm really excited about doing Atlantis and the Bermuda Triangle. I know it's not traditional cryptids, but trust me, like we will find some ways to slip it in there. And, you know, if aliens are cryptids, both of those myths have tons of alien connections to them. So that should be a lot of fun. Uh, I also misspoke at the end of this episode. I said we have uh, uh, three three episodes left, which we do, but uh, they will be Atlantis, Bermuda Triangle, and then, of course, the last one will be our Cryptid Royale this season, where we're going to be doing Australian cryptids. So if you have any Australian cryptids you'd like to see us cover, hit us up on Instagram, uh, hit us up on Twitter, and yeah, 
you know, uh, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. And th- it will be a consistent end to the ski- season. I've got a recording schedule up and we're sticking to it. And these will be coming out every two weeks. Thanks again.